0: My conversation today on Behind the Act is with Ethan Hill. He's an artist and a songwriter, and today we're talking about what drives us to create, as well as the complexities of truly valuing ourselves and how the front that we put out as hyper-transparent and open is oftentimes exactly what we're hiding behind. I'm Seth Schaefer. This is Behind the Act with Ethan Hill. Why music for you? Oh, shit.
1: (laughs) Um uh damn well you know I started playing when I think I was maybe like 10 or 11 and my my mom actually kept trying to get me to like go to a guitar lesson for I think it took her like two years for me to even say yes yeah because at that point in time I was into like sports and stuff I was super into like skating and like, snowboarding in particular, and I was like, yo, that's what I want to do. Eventually, I ended up going to some guitar lessons. I ended up playing in church and all that. But <clears throat> I, I think at one point, I went to some grungy punk show in Denver, and I was I saw, I was like in the front, like, in the thick of the mosh, you know? And I looked up, and I was like, yo, I want to do that. And just because it was, like, such a crazy moment, um, but... I, Man, I think it kind of ended up being different reasons for why uh, as I kept going, but that one, that's like a core memory, I guess. And then uh, I started writing songs because I was really torn up about um, a girl I really loved and didn't really know how to process it. Um, And I also think the added motivation, some of it, if I'm being honest, was probably ego driven in the sense that I had something to prove because I... I went to my dad and I was like, hey, I'm like I want I wanna write songs. And he's like, uh, okay, then why aren't you doing it? He's like, I don't see you I don't see you writing or practicing or doing anything. Um, and he literally used the words like you're no Ed Sheeran and that shit, I swear to God, it like it made me so angry. And so I started writing songs, like some stereotypical pissed-off angsty teen, just to screw you, Dad, you know? So I guess it evolved, but there's a lot of different reasons why. Um, Now it's just, like, it's the only thing that makes me feel genuinely happy is writing, mainly, and playing.
0: Yeah, talk to me about your current music and, like, what it's about and what, what your plans are moving forward. As far as, like, what's it about, what I'm going for,
1: a lot of it comes from just my own experiences and all that, but I want I want everything to be either like redemptive to some minor degree, or at least be relatable. Um, I just I want people to relate to it. Um, I don't want I want people to not feel alone, and I want to be a part of music in the sense that music helped me through so many different things, and if I can make something that helps. Other people get through this really difficult life. Or it can be the soundtrack at the highlights. Like, that's pretty
0: awesome. What drives you? I mean, I, I think... Oh, God. <laughs> well, well, but when, when we talked uh, before, it was... You, I know you mentioned it was like, you know, I only live once and... You know, it's crazy because... When you ask
1: things like why, I haven't stopped to think about it in a while. You know, I I think it's easy to just get swept up into like this is what I do because I've been doing it and I've had these wins and these losses behind me in this these experiences but the the overarching like wire all of it it's it's different make you're, you're making me think about it I think I'm still trying to be enough for myself in judging that based on what I can do it's not like I show up to the plate and like I'm just good as I am I think to some extent, like I have to earn my own self-love or approval, which is probably a very shitty thing, <laughs> um, but it's it's honest. Like I don't, I think I'm trying to do that. I think everyone does things because they want to be seen and understood. And also, yeah, we're only here for a really short amount of time. So if you really love something, then you should do that thing. Like you're you're gonna die soon, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Um, so it's almost like uh, if not this, then what else? And if I'm not gonna do it now, then when am I gonna do it? So on my good days I think I'm driven by the fact that I just love what I'm doing and I'm moments where I'm just like, yo, I hate this and I don't wanna be alive, like it's it's like looking at your reflection in the mirror and be like, No, fuck that. I'm gonna keep going. Like, uh, I'm not going to stop, I guess. It, there's a lot.
0: <laughs> Wait, so you mentioned your dad. Yeah. You know, it was like you're no, you're, you're no Ed Sheeran. Uh, you were frustrated and angry, but you talked about the ego front. Can you tell me how that relates and, like, the proving to yourself or proving to your dad or what's that well, relationship? <laughs> right, yeah. Um,
1: I think that was the best thing that could have happened because I think uh, – I went to my dad with a song and he was like yo this is incredible this needs to come out tomorrow this is so good the world needs to hear this and it's like man I wasn't sure and I'm still not the guy's written how many like he, he's written how many he'll tell talk about this how many he's wrote like a song a day for years and now he's probably like one of the best that's ever done it but it's because he put in all that time and the continual lack of satisfaction or discontentment, that's a better way to put it, discontentment. That drives me. I am not a content or peaceful or mild individual. I, I think that that pushes some people away, and it also brings other people in. So I, I don't, I don't know, but I'm perpetually pretty discontent. Like it, it will never, it may never be enough.
0: I've struggled with that idea of like okay well if I'm not comfortable with where I am how can I have peace with where I am and where is that like restful okay spot for me because I want to grow and I want to move into the next yeah. the next stages of my life but I also want to be really happy right now too
1: so <laughs> right cuz like ugh, man I think it, like hap- okay happiness is its own thing happiness and fulfillment are not the same I don't think I also don't I wouldn't say even know what peace is happiness is probably more so not that I haven't figured out by any any means but I'd say I feel the happiest not when I'm like when I have just not like the mountaintop of like oh I just achieved this thing that's when that's when like you feel like a sigh of relief of like okay did it I just climbed up this thing and now there's this thing and there's another bigger mountain to climb, but at least I got here. That's like the sense of relief. It's like, okay, you can live with yourself. That's kind of my messed up idea of fulfillment. Do you do you ever acknowledge that you're happy in the moment? Because for me, I'm I'm more likely to say that was a really great day as opposed to like this moment is a great moment or this is a great day even though I've been happy the whole time, I'm just not even aware of it. I'm more, but if it's a really shit day, I'm like, dude, this day sucks. Like, Why am I, I'll I'll acknowledge that in a moment, but it's like throwing the fact that I have been happy actually this whole time completely out the window. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm happy as hell right now, right? I'm super happy. Um, But until we brought it up, I was not thinking about whether I was happy or not.
0: It's yeah. easy just to get sucked in, and then it's just you're going. I think that's part of that mindfulness and awareness and being present thing, instead of being focused on where you're going to be someday later. Like right. you focus on the how do I do today what I need to do so that I end up somewhere, and and just continue to I guess enjoy and be happy. Again, if you were to die tomorrow, are you happy in the with the way that you know? Today went right, like
1: you know, it depends on what day of the week. If (laughs) for sure, (laughs) if I died before today, I would have been super pissed because I knew that today was going to be a super cool day. Oh, thanks, (laughs) like like, for real. I actually was looking forward to this like massively since we set it up, and I had to go work all weekend. Oh man, slugging it out in a bar. Damn, yeah, I don't know, it's funny. I I I struggle with that because I feel like I have to do so many things I hate doing to do the things I love. And it feels like it's actually at like a 50-50. I think as I probably grow, age, and maybe have more success and a little bit more stability um, as I'm hoping to build, uh, then I'll probably have a better ratio that I'm more happy with, you know? If you want a beautiful yard it means you have to mow your lawn like once a week that that hour of time is not bad in comparison to the rest of the week where you have a great yard you know there's like that's a small input of time whereas like okay i got to spend 3 days minimum working 8 hours plus 8 to 12 hours sometimes at a bar where people are shitty and rude And I just come home sticky, smelling like tequila that I didn't even drink.
0: That's not it. So that's your means to be able to do the music stuff.
1: Right. And I even have found a way to enjoy that for the most part. But it's not the same. It's more like acceptance as opposed to like a happiness. I would say like, I don't know. But then again, it's like you look back on it and you're like, that was a good day.
0: Right. I'm
1: not I'm not there at the bar like, yo, today is great.
0: When I'm wanting to focus on music, having to travel to go to film is annoying to me. When really, yeah. I enjoy the process of filming and I love the people that I get to meet and hang out with. I actually really like traveling, but I hate being away from the family. So there's yeah. there's this juggle that I'm working through with therapy yeah. to try to figure out, why am I so annoyed at doing this other thing that I enjoy because I can't do this other thing that I enjoy. And um, and sometimes I don't enjoy some of them, of course. Like, you can't, yeah. like, it just, it's hard. And it's, you know, Absolutely. long hours. And, um, again, being away from the family is awful, um, yeah. at least for extended periods of time, you know. Like, that's not, that's not how I want to look back on things, you know. Um, right. But I also need to find that place of peace that be, be comfortable with it, enjoy the moments of it, do everything I can to sit, remain connected uh, while I'm gone. And then, you know, take advantage of the time when I am here to be connected. And, yeah, you know, I think uh,
1: maybe, I think some of that is like, maybe just setting your life up in a way to where you can live with it at the very least. Yeah. You know, like... If you're going to be gone for this amount of time, like, what are you going to do with the time you're back? It's supposed to, like, I don't know. I Maybe let me think about it this way. I'm not sure I like the idea of time off. Because, like, time off, does that mean, like, it's time for, in your case, where you're not out, like, filming and you're not home? Like, what is what does that look like? For me, it's like, okay, I'm not going to, I don't want to ever just take a day and like not be making money to provide for this other stuff I'm trying to do for the music for all things that I want to create, and I don't want to have time not spent doing those things. Like, yeah, I I don't know I don't I don't like I don't want time to feel like it's wasted, you know? Because like if you're gone, it's for a reason. Like, I actually, I actually started like doing like I. I met a guy who's really into like psychology years ago and he's told me to start doing like these affirmation things. I've made fun of it for so long, but at this point I've tried everything. Like one of them is like, Love it. I'm always in the right place, at the right time, engaged in the right activity. Like all of my actions are directly focused towards my goals. I'm not this one. This is not a little There's another one that's really, really solid. I have the power to choose my state of mind, stuff like that. No, there's one that's really good in here. No, get into it. No, no, come on now. Oh, it was, it was like every moment I live serves a greater purpose. Like, there's not, it's not like a waste. There's a reason why you're doing what you're doing. You're doing that trip because you love your family,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And also taking the time off, um, meditation. Reading, sitting in the quiet for yeah. periods of time, so you can cleanse your thoughts in your head. I mean, yeah, dude. these are important things that I used to fill up with anxiety and anxious progress. That, what do I, you know, what can I see out of that? I had a moment where I was comfortable enough that I didn't have to necessarily go work all the time, um, and that let me process my um my burnout from running the business a lot and but i can say that the the not showing up and working side of it opened me up for depression and sadness and really things i needed to get through with with therapy anyway um that i just was avoiding because i was running so hard to the future and really yeah. so much towards that anxious goal um but man I don't, like the, a lot of what this studio is about and um, doing the film stuff and, and being attached to moving forward is working on reengaging in that high productivity but with a version that's not going to burn me out. Yeah. Know. I don't have it figured out though, but.
1: <laughs> it's like a form of therapy in and of itself. Yeah. I know I, I prefer therapy in a more tangible sense anyway. So I totally relate to that. I get it. I know you said that, like, that time off that, like, opened you up for depression. Did you mean to have that time off?
0: Kind of, I guess. Like, I knew that I wanted – I needed to reset. I needed to say, okay, what am I what am I doing? I pushed really hard for a really long time. When I was younger, um, in my teen years – our family kind of went into a situation that required me to start just driving and pushing really hard into work stuff, and I never looked yeah. back. Um, and I had versions of success, we would call it, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, it's all empty or not. It's all full. It's all empty. Whatever. Um, but the um, and there, there, you know, lots of learning moments, lots of great stuff that I am really thankful for. But also, holy heck, tired. I mean, it, I, I used to yeah. say it's like I was burning the candle at, on both ends and in the middle at a few places. I mean, it just was nonstop. Just and then, and then, the and max. then you start the marathon. You know, it's like finishing a marathon and then somebody fires the gun to start the next marathon. You know, I just, I like it's like levels of exhaustion and. Um, I'm not saying that to complain. I'm saying I, I, I knew that I needed to figure out more about. Where I was at psychologically, and yep. um, my wife is super encouraging for therapy stuff, and she had been through a lot of it that was really effective and helpful for her. Um, and I, man, once I started, I was like, this is incredible! Like just to be able to break through. Obviously, it has to be the right therapist, and you know, yeah. like it needs to be the right scenario. But it, um, it's been life changing and positive for me for sure. Um, and, and I'm yeah. still trying to learn how to re-engage with you know and be in a healthy spot. But
1: oh, yeah. that's that's the thing too is like we we live in like a very much like a self improvement generation or time. Everyone's going around trying to fix themselves, and I I wonder if people did that, or maybe they just didn't have time to. Maybe life for Our grandfathers looked like that perpetual marathon, boom, 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 just like over and over. Uh, But it's almost like life is better than it's ever been. Why are we so much worse?
0: Yeah. I have a few few theories about our general constitution, uh, like being weakened by the perpetual access to media. Like, yeah, I think that is breaking down. But I also think that there's massive just improvement in understanding and acceptance of mental health. The concepts of just suck it up, like like is yeah, uh, people just bury it into their own heart attacks. Right. So later,
1: the, the, right. So the statistics would look better on paper. Uh huh. There's there's less mental illness back then. But right. Supposedly, it's just because it wasn't documented, which is
0: <laughs> actual bullshit. Yeah, right?
1: that's, that's <laughs> yeah. so insane. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm like way away from the
0: Oh, that's fine. It's okay. It's so insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the I mean, yeah, the I, I think that the, the access to mental health services and even just understanding through psychologists, like the difference between the 90s and early 2000s and today, are significantly better like not the differences are better that didn't make sense but like 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 the improvement has been significant just even in the last 10 years let alone 30 years or 80 years I mean I think the only thing
1: that I do see as maybe maybe it's not even a trend but I've had conversations with people who are into therapy and it I think a lot of the time and this is not, this probably shouldn't be a blanket statement. And I don't mean it to be one, but I think a lot of times therapy or maybe bad therapy when it's always what happened to you, like what happened to you? And it's like, oh, this, this happened, this happened. You just need to talk through that and process it. But then like, if you're never like looking at like what, in what ways am I, the problem then you're always, like, looking out the world how it's, like, blaming you as opposed to looking in and seeing how you're affecting the world around you. I I don't know. I, I don't... I don't... I'm not a fan of... Well, I say I'm not a fan of stuffing it down and shut up and be a man and all that, even though that's kind of the way I treat myself. But I see the flaws in that. I also don't... I also don't think that we should ourselves away from the cold hard truth yeah. being a variety of different things does that does that make any sense yeah you know like i would rather i'd rather the painful truth almost break me like that bring me to my absolute knees and then come back with something that i can do differently or better you know
0: i guess just to speak directly to that i've been that a my experience has not been that in therapy Um, but I'm going to say that in the last, you know, six to eight weeks at this moment, I've been going through therapy to help me have a better understanding and relationship with the concepts of death, specifically Uh attached to, um, my dad's death. And my mom had a heart attack when I was in high school, but survived it. But there's a lot attached to the, the weirdness and the confusion at early ages, not understanding how to process that or even talk about it, like yeah. talking to you about it at all without just breaking into tears is a, is, a, is a miracle from therapy. Cause like I've just been, I just, I don't wanna say I avoid it, but I guess I avoid it. I bury my head in the sand about the concept of like the fact that people that I love or me can die at any moment. And that's just literally the thing that we know we can guarantee about life like That's we know that only thing. we know that death is a thing um uh, but being able to process through that and access the kindness to my younger self um not as a different person but just literally understand that that was hard but also pragmatically like you say the cold hard truth is that death exists and yeah. i don't want to live my entire Life of being happy around other people or not happy around other people in fear of this thing. Like instead, allow that to be the part of the motivation or something. You know, not that I have it figured out. I just yeah. That I guess I'm, I'm just saying that therapy has helped me open up different ways to think and process that. And right, that uh, sounds really balanced, super grateful. Too. Yeah, like the acceptance maybe. Yeah, of
1: that. Or like you said of like your younger self that like really felt that. Yeah. Those things or uh, just that maybe the things you were feeling in that time. Like having grace for that. Not just like beating up the already broken internal child, you know. Or yeah. but also like equipping you to like deal with it and be the man you are today. That's, you have a good therapist. Yeah.
0: I agree agree. which is is incredible I feel like I've become an advocate and a champion for mental health and therapy and people to explore that on purpose because people don't actively talk about it especially men and they uh, but it's I basically never run into a group of men that, when I start to bring up depression and anxiety and PTSD or therapy, that not almost every single one of them is like, "Yeah, totally, I've dealt with that. I deal with that." This is yeah. a thing. like, it's like it's a breath of fresh air because people need and want to talk about it. It's just weird to bring up, quote unquote. It's not, but it. It's not. It's, you're, you're, yeah,
1: we weren't told it was all right. Yeah, to do so. I mean. Okay. my my friends will there are a ton of them are in therapy and like looking for that and like completely open to the conversation like I suppose the whole mental health yeah. spectrum of different things people do but so, I also look at like what was modeled and it was very much like you have seen my dad cry maybe three times right ever ever you just don't. See, so yeah, you just, it was like, work hard. Um, try not to lose your temper. And, yeah, never cry. Never cry. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, still, I still don't cry, man. I think I cried. I think I've... I realized that I hadn't cried when I was sober from probably, like, 14 until, like, When I had this realization, which was maybe like six months ago, I was like, oh, damn. Because, like, I, that's what it takes. You have to get, I had to get absolutely like to the point where I was about to like fall over. That's how much I had to do just to even let that out. It's like, how many, how many 10 ton bricks are in that wall that I built around that part of me? Why, why did I spend go to all that work, effort to protect that thing that I felt I needed to? I guess I could. I don't know. But I also don't know how to tear it down. Yeah. You know, it's like it's there now. Now it's just part of like how you operate.
0: Yeah, I don't want to project something um, that's not accurate, but feel free. Do you feel like? That inside you is what's screaming to get out the, in your music. In reality,
1: yeah, man. Um, I think a huge part of that. Well, I think I think um, the only time I experience like really just authentic joy, um, which I think comes from that part of you, is when I'm doing music. So it's like, it's like locking that that part of yourself up and then taking it out for a walk. Every once in a while, and then back to the back to the dungeon from whence you came, yeah, you know it's yeah. it's that's the way it kind of feels um but when when that's out it's like i'm a, I'm a different person, dude. nothing makes me happy like that
0: it's like the more even the more vulnerable that you are through music is is championed, but if you're that vulnerable just in general conversation, right off the bat, it's like whoa
1: <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> it's it's really yeah. that's a That's something I definitely relate to. Uh, Do you remember when we were talking? I think we were talking more so about like kind of wearing a mask or putting something on and like the way you present to the world and how that comes from like not wanting to be able to see you. Right? Um, And I was saying like, yeah, a lot of people like will have tons of secrets because they don't want, you can see this, but you can't see this Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Um, And I was, I think I was saying like, my approach to that was always like, "All right, here it is. Now, what are you going to say about it? Like, you can't, you can't judge me. You can't, right. can't look down on me because right. you already, you already know. You've already seen me naked. Yeah, you've already, you already know all my problems. You already know. So I, I don't know where I was going with that.
0: But. Well, but I think the interesting, I, it's I know, I know what you're saying, and I love like the hyper vulnerability and the out frontedness. But I would, I would just say that being unable to cry is something I'm familiar with, like, uh, and I've gotten a lot better about crying, um, recently. And do you make yourself? I don't feel like I make myself. I just, when I, I try not to fight it, you know, like I used to. And I think that, um, I mean, going into therapy, I was like, literally like, how, how do you do emotions? I don't know what this is, <laughs> you know? Like,
1: That's so fun. It's
0: uh, been a lot of work to try to figure out what even that is, you know? But I, but I think that that, like, hyper-vulnerability is like, yeah, all right. So, I mean, even just this conversation and throwing this out there, it's like this might seem, like, super vulnerable. It's risky to some people. And I'm like, right. I don't care. I don't have anything, you know, that I'm afraid of there. But I do think that there's... um. It's just, I, I guess, accessing deeper layers of that vulnerability just to be more true, you know? Like I was saying, like the the song I was playing yeah. for you, it's like I'm changing lines because I want it to be more accurate, you know? Be yeah. True or, you, know, you don't want to like hide myself from the truth, I guess, is one thing, not to interrupt you, but like, like yeah, I, I, I think I, I like, it. you know, in that song talking about death, at all, is something I would not have said before I heard too much. Yep. So.
1: I, I, uh, I get exactly what you mean. It's different, there's different layers to that. Like, why, if, if you're operating in a place where people think you're being super vulnerable all the time, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, you just live kind of, like, hard in your sleeve, like, you're out there. But why would someone who does that, like, struggle to cry? It's like you're obviously not that open, are you? Like we're not there's there's some there's something you're trying to keep under wraps. It's and so it's almost like a it's almost I found in myself like that front of being open and vulnerable is actually a really good way to paint over the fact that I'm not being vulnerable whatsoever.
0: I wonder though if it's levels of access you don't yet have with yourself
1: that's also probably
0: you know, like true <laughs> like like that's probably what's keeping the barriers up so that what you're presenting to the world you are being vulnerable and open with those yeah. things because that's you, you know but there's there's what you have right exactly and that's fine I mean I think it's true for all of us though and I think you know talking about the the presentation or the mask that you throw on I think that's a mechanism we all do on some level no matter what. Uh, yeah. And the variations of how, I guess, calculated that is or experiential that is for each social situation is, you know, different for everybody. But
1: everyone, everyone kind of does that, though, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, if, for me, I try to use it as a, as a functional tool. When I, like, when I need it, it's a thing. I've got it. I've got it, but I can also let down and have a conversation and, you know, I mean, it's an act, right? Like, yeah, just like singing or. (laughs) Right. But what
1: if it wasn't I thought about that after it's like, yeah, a lot of this is this kind of a functional tool that I'm using to get through and to present on a front end. It's like, Okay, I'm just meeting someone. I'm gonna put my best foot forward so maybe they can act. We can actually meet at a later time. You know what I mean? We can yeah. meet on a level like this as opposed yeah. to, hey, my name is, you know? Right. So I, but what, when he said that, I, I was thinking about it and I was like, why? Because it stuck with me. I was like, why am I thinking about this the next day? Why am I thinking about the fact that, like, the way I present, but like why is this bugging me? Why is this why is this still here? And I was like, maybe I'm not being as authentic as I am claiming to be. Maybe or may, maybe it's not inauthentic. Maybe it's not fake. It's just yeah. like, I know there's more there. And if I could reach down and like either go down there or pull those things out. Man, wouldn't that be something? I would. I think that about not just me. I'm not saying that about me. I'm saying like the best moments, the best things happen when people are being who they really, really are. And if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna do that, then it's you're just putting new layers of over of paint over bad layers of paint, and you're just constantly, like, it's, like, band-aiding the, this thing. I oh, don't I don't want to do that. I don't want other people to do that because I want to know other people. I want to know you. I want to see that stuff.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think that's true if you look at the ability to access and the ability to go there. But I think that, on the other hand, there's this, like – alignment thing that we try to do as people as uh, um, social beings that we we need to do we need to be able to meet people where they're at temporarily to be able to help pull them back I'm not saying like be a chameleon and act different than you are don't be insincere to yourself but you have to meet them somewhere Mm -hmm. so that you can then both agree to like travel to this world of chaos like where where like when you come in as chaos you're just like you miss so many people people don't understand and can't be there with you too they don't, you know? so they it's don't like do that. and i'm not trying to say that that's bad and that yeah. these people need to be different or anybody needs to be different i'm just saying like a, it's something i've thought about a lot too it's like is it bad for me to go mask in a scenario when really that's what the group needs that's what the people need they need me to be something for them when i'm directing like i go in and i'm yeah the director dude and i play that role and i Cover like I make it all work. It's great and right. Um, but I also have a desire, a deep desire, to connect one-on-one with people, especially, and go into conversations that can be thought-provoking and helpful for art and for progress and just mental health or whatever. You
1: know. Uh, well, it's the desires there, but well, I, I don't think that it's fake to do that. I don't. It's not. That's since it's, it's you're I don't think there's anything wrong with meeting people where they are or being what they need. I think that's honestly a lot less selfish than just showing up and like this is who I am. Like hear me fucking roar. Yeah. <laughs> that's not. Yeah. That's actually like kind of selfish and I've Yeah. I definitely have done that.
0: I think both extremes are though. Cuz if you don't ever open up then you're you're also not reciprocating the benefit of being real and being honest and having a meaningful you know conversation. So I think it's like yeah, if you go into a church or you go into a bar or you're, you're at a music festival or whatever, like your stature at each one is going to be different and it needs to be at the beginning. But then yeah. those conversations by the end of the the time don't have to be any different you know right. but trying to but walk but the beginning in, uh, is a different cultural expectation or something you know yeah
1: it's funny if you've ever i don't know if you have but trying to walk into a church a bar a, and a concert or even work the same way it's real. It, it's it makes people really uncomfortable. Like sure. like, what is wrong <laughs> with you? <laughs> and I, I think as I've gotten oh, maybe a little bit older, I'm starting to, I'm starting to see the wisdom and the value in knowing your audience, read the room. As even something I've been told recently is like, dude, read the room. Like I, I don't want. I don't want to hold back, but I don't want to be so. It sounds so ironic because it's like so new to me. I'm still really processing this, but I don't want to be so much that I'm missing people entirely. When if I just like met them where they were at a little bit better, I could have still like reached them on a deeper level, like maybe later or. Or they would have been super, super down to show up to the bar or the rock show that way. But like, if I'm going to church with someone, like, do I need to? Do I need to show up that way? Do I have like? I do I have to? That's probably why I avoid church now. Because I don't. Because I don't want to, right? Because I don't want to. i like, I want to show up like this all the time. This is that's why. I, and I that's probably why part of why I bartend. It's like, dude, try putting me in a so I couldn't sell. And, like jeans at target i'd be scaring soccer moms like i like <laughs> I, 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 I i don't know I, I would love to grow in that area right but i don't i don't know it's it's probably a maturity thing as well
0: to be honest definitely
1: what it sounds so ridiculous if you just set it up as like this grandiose thing like what is the question is what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given Cause you, you. If I look around, you, you the way you have set yourself up, I admire and respect it. So, was it whether it was something that you just realized or and decided to put into practice, or something that someone told you? Like what, what? Even if it's just one, because I'm sure there's a lot of things. But yeah, what is like one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given?
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot, um, and I'm bad at the one liner concepts. But one of the one liners, though, or the concept. I know itself. that well, there's one like when it has to do with the team. This is an interesting one. Uh, this is I'm going straight to business. It's not just life, but business for a second, yeah. just to be like surfacey or whatever. But I was meeting with, um, well, interviewing the owner of a company called Monroe Pumps, and the CEO said the um, how do you put it? He said, no one ever wakes up in the morning and says, I really hope I do a bad job at work today. So he's like, it's up to management to help them do a good job. And I thought that was really, really insightful. Um, because you work around people that you think are just trash, right? Sometimes yeah. and you're like, these people just are miserable and hate life and whatever. And it's like, they don't wanna be bad at work they don't like they might not want to be there, but their their goal isn't to be bad at it, so I think knowing that people want to be respected and treated as equals and um that's a big one when as far as business stuff goes, a couple of things I've done my best to do is I don't work with any assholes clients wise like oh. And and I've done that for a long time. Like even when it was really painful, we really needed the money. Um, It's protected us from being working with those assholes friends. Because if we worked, if we made them happy, then they're going to refer us to their friends, and their friends are probably assholes too. So um, that's another one that like just over time kind of protects you. And um, I'm also like the thing you said earlier about the discontent aspect. I've been perpetually discontent as well. I am always trying to become better at the next thing that I want to do. And I've been trying to analyze what that drive is or was or, you know, those things. And I think a lot of it really comes down to me just being like a geek and loving to like learn new things all the time. Right. And that drive unfolds into like, what looks like, I'm like, I'm passionate about making films. I don't want to make a movie. Like, if somebody came to me with a big budget to do a movie, I'd be like, let's see who we can find for you to have do that. Because I don't know. Like, I don't care. I like, I like movies, but it's not my thing, you know. But I do love documentary stuff, and I love this. My favorite part about the documentaries that we do um, is the interviewing process with people cause i we I get to get down into the meat of stuff that's interesting, so right um, and I guess the other thing is just like like doing the right thing with people matters, not that we're you're ever gonna be perfect, but like when you make a mistake, like try to make it right and take care of people and be honest, and when you oh, fall yeah. short, like you know. Like, just admit that you fell short. Don't try to protect yourself. Like, that will protect you over time anyway, you know? Because
1: there's like a, I feel like that's a moment to actually build a lot of trust or maybe rapport with someone. Because if you make a mistake, people will start to not trust you in a sense. But if, you're, if you own it, you're like, yeah, this is what happened. It was my fault. Here's what I'm going to do about it dude all of a sudden they're like back and you're like actually now I trust this guy more
0: giving people permission especially let me say the first time that it happens letting them know and giving them a moment to grow and take responsibility for that is important too like a lot of people haven't had the experience in life that allowed them to, to do that because they had you know uh, an angry mom or dad that always just railed them and didn't let them learn how to apologize you know, like, they were just in trouble, so they just hid their whole life. So it's like, I right. think even if you're dealing with somebody who could be your grandpa or your great-grandpa, and, um, like, giving them access to that moment the first time is important. But then if it doesn't happen again, it's like, from a team perspective, it's important to move on, I think. I guess another thing a friend said. At one point, it's like, it's not the amount of money that you make. It's the amount of money that you keep. That's a big one because we hit a point where damn, we would have mo- months that seemed pretty dang good and weren't because it was really expensive to make that much money or whatever. And it taught me the importance of protecting residual. Payments mm-hmm. and growing and building those. Like, just going out and working hard all the time and trading your time for dollars in good ways is a great way to pick a living and, and to stay happy and keep doing that. It's just, you know... Um, yeah. I think my just, my definition of success would be having the option to do what I want when I want. Not... Yep. Yeah. Not Not having... Yep. I mean, really, it has nothing to do with having. It has to do with um, a reasonable amount of freedom.
1: Something that's a goal for me in the future is I want to be in a place where I can choose to do something that I want to do supposed opposed to just the necessity of getting by, man.
0: I don't know the answer to this question for me. And I could unpack it at some point probably but what are you most afraid of
1: I know what I'm not afraid of I mean I've been an adrenaline junkie my whole life even if like there wasn't any skill involved like I would or like I didn't have the skills to do something like for example I uh when I would go and skate, like I learned how to drop in and like on those like like, like a ten foot bowl, and I would do that at you like eleven or something years old, and so these guys who are like probably my age now are doing all this stuff, but I was doing the one thing they were too afraid to do, and it wasn't because I was even good. I would just I was like, fuck it, <laughs> like even at a young age, just like I got past the initial fear of it. Um, and actually, I should give credit where credit's due. That was one moment I did that with my dad. He taught me how to do that. And that, that stuck with me. But anyways, I carried that on. And that was, like, I could, once I got into the thing, I couldn't really write it. I couldn't carve the bowl or do any of that or any of the cool tricks or anything. I'd get in and I'd try and pop out the other side. And then that was, like, my little thing. I did it.
0: Um, which is really cool, by the way. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just, yeah. I liked that. Initial hit, I, um, I went, I've only been skydiving once, but we recorded it, and the guy, like, tried to do one, two, three, and then, like, faked me out, and I was, like, trying to pull him out of the plane. Like, I was like, let's go. So I know it's not the tangible, the tangible things. I've been on top of cliffs like hanging off things like I'm not afraid of the physical kind of stuff I've been in the I went surfing at an unknitted beach in South Africa where like where they film shark week is like just out there and I was in the in the sharks there are primarily great whites I was in the water when the shark alarm went off and I went back out surfing when all the rest of the surfers went back out and like that doesn't I'm afraid of that, it's the internal. So what it used to be was singing in front of people. What scared me the most was like like as much as I wanted to be the guy that could get on stage and like front man or do any of that, um, I was terrified of it up until the moment of doing it, and I think that was probably the biggest Moment of like fulfillment and like not pride in a bad sense, but like I'm genuinely like I did it. Been afraid of this for like a decade now. I did it. I um I also realized, you asked, what drives me. That drove me quite a bit. That fear and the resentment of that fear, not in an egotistical way, but like, like I want to. That voice that's telling me, like, oh, you can't do that. I want to literally beat it to a bloody pulp and, like, strangle it on the floor. I, I want to win in a very, very intense way. That that drives me. I don't know what I'm afraid of now. I think I'm afraid of being alone. I think I'm uh, I'm afraid of people leaving. I'm afraid of, um, something being wrong with me and me being the last to know. I'm, uh, afraid that maybe I'm not good enough despite my best efforts. Uh, afraid that I'll bartend forever. I'm afraid they'll never make it out. I'm definitely not afraid of motorcycles. Those are just too much fun. Um, I guess it's more so the the really real things that we don't even talk about. Like most people never even tell you they have dreams because they don't want to be. Expected to pursue them because it's easier to just never try than to give something everything you have and fail anyway. It's like, man, I'd rather get shot in the knee. Yeah, because the physical pain. Yeah, I could could deal with that. Right. I don't know what's going to happen. That scares me.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: I don't want to lose that feeling and then go back to being numb or pretending to be numb right you know i think i'm only at a place because i have conquered some something like being afraid to sing in front of people where i'm actually looking at what does scare me that was a damn good timing for that question i guess um yeah because i haven't even thought about it I literally just well shooting from the
0: hip. (laughs) I I appreciate your vulnerability. You know, I mean that. um, Sorry,
1: that that was really long. That was that
0: was a monologue. I don't think there's a need for sorry. I mean, that's I think inspiring to hear. You know, I mean, it is the as you were talking. I think my answer is something along the lines of wanting. I'm afraid of dying before I figure out how to live
1: the running out of time thing
0: it's yeah and also of course you know um not being remembered as somebody that was enjoyed while I was here you know that kind of a thing also a lot of the things you said I (laughs) echoes loud and true I and I feel lonely even in the midst of being loved and surrounded. Often too, which is something else I' am working on un- unpacking, you know, for myself too. It's like, what's that mechanism?
1: I, that's a. Want to dive into that one? Why do you think that is? You know, because it's it's almost like it's almost like the word alone or lonely has to have multiple definitions because on the surface level of what that means, like, you're not alone at all. Right. Like, you're in a room full of people, but, like, you no. why do you still feel, maybe, misunderstood, or, isolated, or, like, no one gets it? Like, in, in that room, it's like, am I, are you separating yourself? my, my, putting myself in the corner at this party where everyone else seems to know each other.
0: And, yeah, like you say, what is is alone even, you know, because I really love having alone time. Yeah. I really thrive in those moments. My brain work. uh, My my brain work. Good job. My brain works in those moments. Um, Yeah. But I feel lonely if I'm in the room and somebody else is more interested in checking their phone than hanging out. I'd rather just walk out and leave. I'm like, I don't care. Like, like, I don't need to be here either. You know, (laughs) like the, right. um, So like that makes me feel lonely. And I feel like a lot of um, culture focuses heavily on being always accessible. It's rare that, I mean, we're in a scenario right now where we don't have our phones, um, Next wow. to us. And like, I don't have, I mean, obviously somebody could come in the door, but other than that, like I, I'm able to be here. That's not always the case. And I don't think there's morals attached to that, but right. the loneliness aspect, um, I think a lot of my feelings about that have been attached to missing my dad and, you know,
1: mm.
0: his death. And, um, and, not feeling like there's a lot of reciprocation from people in your life that would you would love to be connected to you know um
1: or like a like maybe like a like a lack of empathy from people or i think it's just a, uh
0: interest in wanting to make our relationship be important you know like Like that, like which is something I have to realize is that I like a lot of people that I mean, So it's interesting. I'm often like, man, we should we should hang out and be friends. But the truth is, there is only so much energy to go around for me to other people, and from other people to me. So it feels like you're the last kid being picked on the basketball team. When you, (laughs) you know, when when uh, when you realize that you're even if you're family. Where you've been friends for a long time, that you're not a priority for them. It's like, that should just, I mean, it it hurts like hell, but it's also like, oh, that's, it's okay. Like, it's okay because there are a lot of other people that are super thoughtful and deep and capable humans that uh, do connect with me. And, you know, but I don't know. It's a weird one. That, dude, that is so, that is such a just,
1: i don't even know if i have words for like a intense and like raging kind of visceral emotion inside of me like the last to get picked kind of a thing yeah like uh that that makes me sound like just dis- it makes me feel disgusted with myself because i'm like why am i like pick me right here pick me yeah. pick me like what yeah uh, like I want I want your time. I want to hang out. Let's be friends. I need I need I need I want I'm, I'm like being so desperately available. Like my that to even acknowledge that I deal with that. It hurts my ego to even say it out loud. Like, no, I don't give a shit. I don't care.
0: Uh-huh. Me either.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's and that's that's the crazy thing is we fine, I don't need you anyway. Fine. Yeah, I'll I'll do it on my own. Right, fine. Me myself and I, I don't need anybody. Yep. And that's that mentality leaves you so lonely, even if you are surrounded. Because if even if you have all those people, but you still are subconsciously operating, it's like I don't really need. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Just pushing like your hands, kind of just like away. Mm-hmm. You're, like, keeping people out. So it's a different way of that kind of wall.
0: Well, it's your way of controlling the pain. So you, it's your power. Like, you're taking control of a situation, pushing them away so that you don't have meaningful connections, so that you are the one in charge of the decision and not them.
1: Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not pick you, because I don't know if you're going to pick
0: me. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So and I think... Backwards. I think above. it comes down to caveman brain. We have an inherent survival ability as a species because of our community and our our social network. So that is so fundamentally important to us as humans or as animals, right? Like we have to be connected to a social group. We are not good individuals out in the forest <laughs> for the most part. Right. So, and and I bet I also, yeah, but that pain is, super real and scary and um, confusing. I think that something you said about the fear stuff that really hit me was like to not be wanted and to be the last to know or something like that.
1: For something to be wrong with you.
0: Yeah. And like
1: no one tells you. It, and it's like so much deeper than like having having like spinach in your teeth and no one telling you. It's like hey, man, this is why people actually don't like you and maybe resent you. And then going through years of that, not knowing, it's like if I just took that small piece of spinach out of the equation, maybe I could have changed that. And I, I don't know. I I think in a lot of ways it's like a maybe the pick-me thing, the desire for that connection is like I don't want to I don't want to miss out.
0: Yeah, because life is short.
1: Because because all these things, like, we, we all know. We all know that, like, we all know that this crazy thing that we're calling life is so, so much more important than we're all pretending it is, like, that and we don't have it forever, and we're not gonna do it perfectly. It's an attempt. Like you're gonna, but to not even try to pretend that you don't care to constantly distract yourself, which I'm so guilty of. I just think I'm better than other people because I'm not doing it with my phone, but because I'm doing it with shit that I find productive. So somehow I take pride in that. Like, I. Mm. I
0: don't what well, ridiculous. What does doing it right even mean?
1: Oh my God, that is such a good question. You, if you look at it like you were saying, like get a, like get a job. You're up for your review. We think you're doing great on these and these and these and these are the areas. You need improvement, right? Um, if you or you know or I think, or I asked you the question again, you were going to say like, in like a Christianity kind of a sense. Yeah. Like there's, let's just say like, I would say bad religion. There's a lot of things like you do this and you do this and you don't do this and don't do this. And if you manage to arrange all your do's and don'ts and your goods and bads in order and bravo, there you go. Now you've lived a good life. Maybe we'll make you a saint or we'll build a big monument of you and put it in a park just so people can tear it down 100 years later. Like, right. he did it right. If you look at the people who are the greats, right? Like, we're both in into music. So, for example, like, everyone idolizes, like, the whole Forever 27 Club thing. Like, Jimi Hendrix, well, he did all, made all this great music. But, like, did he do it right? Is there even something that's meant to be? Right? Is there even like like living it right? And almost asks like, is there some bigger purpose? Because even if you look at people who are super successful in business, um, oftentimes really shit fathers. Right. You know, depending on whether you believe in heaven or hell or an afterlife or even this like if. If there is, like, a way we're supposed to live or a way that it's supposed to be or a way that it should be lived right, who wrote the script on that? Depending on what you believe, it doesn't necessarily matter. But hypothetically, let's say we do die and we go somewhere similar to, like, a heaven or whatever. The quote was, hell is one day meeting the person you were meant to be meeting uh, the version of you that did live it right. And then you just look at that reflection that of yourself and it's so different. So whatever that version is, I think my, one of my bigger fears is like, Damn, I want those to look as close as they can. Right. Because I don't, whether you're alive or dead or whether we're eternal beings or whatever, I don't want to live with that. I don't want to die with that. I don't, I don't want any part of my being, soul, spirit, whatever we are, because I don't, I sure as hell don't know. Yeah. I don't want any part of that regret. Yeah. And so I don't I don't know if there's I don't know how you do it right but it, i sure as hell am interested in finding out and if I're, if i don't get an answer on that i'm going to probably die in the attempt
0: you i know i think the the drive that that motivates in you and the that okay. that excitement to go try to be that person that you would have that you would have to meet in this proverbial hell yeah is great um i would On the same plane, remember to be nice to yourself, be your own friend, and take care of yourself. You know, like, 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 I know, I know, but I I mean, I'm saying it to my, I'm saying it to me as I'm saying it to you. Mm -hmm. It's like, like that drive and fear of failure and fear of imperfection and uh, fear of not hitting, um, I guess some elusive destination of success like can be motivating but um but it's also a really great way to be super unkind to yourself and and yeah. not give yourself the same amount of empathy as you'd give to somebody that was literally you just in another body, you know like. Yeah, it's
1: it's really funny. Like if if someone else was you, would you like that person?
0: I think so. Me too.
1: So why why do we hate ourselves? Well whether you do or not, or whether you've experienced
0: that, like, oh, I've know. had lots of experience with that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Why mm-hmm. why are we so damn hard on ourselves? Yep. Like, if I was someone else, on a surface level, even, like, listening to the stuff that I've written or done, would, you know, I was looking at me at being someone else, I think I'd actually dig it. I think I'd actually be like, yo, that's really cool. I'd probably be more interested in listening to my own stuff if I was someone else listening to it. Because it's me, I cringe at my own stuff. That's just the
0: surface. Right. Like. Here's a question. But I want to hang out with myself. Would you be threatened by yourself?
1: <laughs> where, where are you getting these, dude? What books are you <laughs> reading lately? <laughs> Damn, because you didn't. Wow. Um, would you be threat? Oh, my God. Um, Would I be threatened by myself if. Because if I wasn't me, that means that someone else would be me. So then who am I if I'm not me? It depends.
0: Depends on who that other person is. With the same intensity and fire and drive to kick butt and like. Well, probably because.
1: Probably because even though hypothetically we'd both be just as intense and have very similar. Mindsets and flaws and strengths, neither one of us would really know that. So it'd probably be like the be- honestly, that would be hypothetically the best way of improving your like if say there was an ongoing competition between you and yourself in this hypothetical realm, which also applies to actually what life is. It's just a really good way of looking at it. Because you, you would never know. You'd always, I would always think that other version of m- myself, the one that is me now in some other body or something, I would always think that person was better than me. Me too. I would always I would, oh, I would be driven by that because I'm like, of course they're better.
0: And that's the mechanism of how you can be nice to yourself. Like remembering that feeling that you just went through, I think, to realize that like the comparisons I'm making to that other person is literally just uh it's not as not as polished and perfect as I think it is, but Oh my
1: god, dude. Yeah. You asked me if I was gonna move around. You asked me if I was gonna move around a lot and I planned on just sitting here all <laughs> stoic and <laughs> now you have me writhing in my I love it, comfy <laughs> suede chair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, my God. I love it, dude. Um, I think that's probably the most profound thing that anyone has told me in a very long time. Um, I'll, I don't know, man. I don't know how you feel about this conversation. I love it. Whenever yeah. this is ready, I'm gonna listen to this podcast.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing with other people you think might gain value from it. My name is Seth Schaefer. This is behind the act.
1: He just like wrecked my, literally just, like I said, like short circuiting.